coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Host of my favorite political podcast, your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At. Y'all make some noise for Sabalong. Podcast. That's right. Yeah. Um, y'all give it up <laughs> to Madam President Miss Nancy Flake Johnson of Urban League. <laughs> Like, when did you get in? What influenced you to join the movement? I would actually say the Urban League of Greater Atlanta just released the State of Black Georgia, a tale of two states report. And I'm not doing business. I'm doing business. Yeah. We talking <laughs> about business. All the wealth in this country was built off the black, uh, the backs of black slaves. Free but, labor, you're going right. to get wealthy. Right. But we all, but we all turn me in. No, no, no. You know who the best matchmakers are? Man, let me tell you. Older black women. So, (laughs) and I feel like we gotta start cutting the head off publicly. Come to Urban League to get the bag, y'all. Get the bag. That's that's your marketing director right right there. Come to Urban League to get the bag. Get the bag. I'll say this. Is that the bag of money? And all the views of what I'm saying reflect me, nobody on this podcast. Ready? Born ready. It's Wednesday. Time for your favorite podcast, this favorite podcast. Got a great conversation. Let's just vibe a little bit first. Mother, mother. Y'all know Marvin, let's go. Brother, brother, brother. I hear you next. Far <laughs> too many of you dying. What is going on in the world today, y'all? To bring some love in yesterday. Amen. Marvin just do something to you. You know what I mean? He set the tone. Of any conversation. War is not the answer. For only love We're gonna do it just like this. What's up, family? It's your boy Elders. You're chilling to the Just Elders podcast, the hottest podcast to ever get the airwaves. We are super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. We say it every time and we mean it every single time. Um Super excited about today. Just think, want to thank everybody for tuning in to last week's episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for the love. Um, but today I want to just dive right in. Got some very special guests here today. Um, this first young lady, she's family. She's already in the house. Well, they're both family, but she's family. <laughs> you already know when I introduce her. Host of my favorite political podcast, your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At. Y'all make some noise for Sabalong. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Sabah? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I haven't been on the pod in a while. On in your a, pod yeah, in a while. In a minute. Like, yeah. It's episode politics as usual. Yeah. That was when Biden just won. That's man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. It was literally when Biden had just won. Politics as usual. 
and a and a year we less than a year we got a matter of fact i should listen to that i bet it was a lot of predictions that, yeah. yeah and i know yeah. it was i know yeah, it was yeah. i definitely need to listen to that you got to go back to that one based yeah. off the title i know i was right about some stuff <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> based on the title alone uh this next guest uh i absolutely love this woman um she is a leader a mentor um a teacher uh a fighter, a warrior on this battlefield, uh, someone who I have admired since day one, someone who's always been a supporter. Uh, she actually was the first sponsor of Where the Party At live podcast. That's right. Yeah. Um, y'all give it up <laughs> to Madam President, Miss Nancy Flake Johnson of Urban League. <laughs> Thank you, Elbridge and Saba for having me. How you doing? Happy to be here. Oh, hey, in the fight, as you put it. You know what? Can I start there? Yeah. When did you get in the fight? Because you've been in it so long and you've been dedicated to this for a long. I mean, since I met you, you've been unwavering. Uh, you've been consistent. And that's, a um, believe it or not, a hard word when we're talking about this work, you know, especially at the level that you're playing on. Like, when did you get in? What influenced you to join the movement? I would actually say uh, going to Howard University. Okay. Um, H-U. Yeah, you know, aside from, of course, just being raised by parents that, um, you know, instilled a responsibility to our people in me and my brother as we were raised. But going to Howard um, was a, a game changer. Mm. And so from there, um, really coming back as a young adult in my late 20s, uh, being hired uh, to run the Small Business Development Center there put me right smack dab in the middle of the community as an extension of the university. Right. And um, my boss let me do my thing, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, Dean Milton Wilson at the time, wow. he's passed on, but he told me, hey, I need you to go down there and do what you feel you need to do. So I learned a lot in that process. Um, what was your first, you know, as an organizer, activist, we all have our first introduction uh, issue in the movement. Mm -hmm. What was that for you? What was that first issue that really sparked that flame for this work? Well, I'll, I'll, oh, my goodness. I would say seeing black people struggle. You know, um, Howard is right in the heart of the city. Yeah. And so right across the street, you know, we see families living in poverty, kids growing up in poverty, mm. businesses struggling to, you know, get in there and keep it moving. And, um, and you know, Howard taught us to not be in a silo. Right. You know, we're not us versus them. It's all us. And right. I think we're in the heart of the city intentionally. And so, you know, right away, just, but coming back as a young adult in that role, it just opened my eyes to how critically important economics are to our struggle. Right. And, um, you know, he, let, he just, he let me, let me fly. And I would just say, God, you know, guided me throughout mm -hmm. that process. And, you know, you hit bumps in the road, you uh, learn lessons along the way. Yeah. Um, but um, as a whole, 
uh, D.C. was welcoming to me as a young leader. And, um, you know, D.C., the black folks in D.C. don't play. Yeah, the the original Chocolate City. I know they don't really get that claim like they used to. You know, Atlanta done kind of took that over. (laughs) But uh, D.C. was a black city. Oh, yeah. Like a real. That's right. And and not always the best communities and neighborhoods. So we had a lot of struggle there. So I get it. Uh, last question, and I'm just sitting in the presence of who we got here. Um, your introduction to Urban League, you know, what Urban League is, and then what was the temperature of Urban League back then overall versus Urban League now? When I say temperature, how did they move and how did the people react to them? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one thing about Urban League that attracted me to the movement is it's always been about the people mm-hmm. as a civil rights organization. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our civil rights organizations are really strictly focused on civic engagement, um, you know, voter registration, mobilization, and education, which is critical. Right. But we've always been from the beginning about caring for the people. Right. And so, you know, I would say to you that I've, I've not run into a situation where black people are um, rejecting where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. Um, but also I say we challenge ourselves every day to be authentic in the work we do. Right. We got to listen to our people. Right. Can't just think we know. Now that people know who you are, Urban League, I just wanted to set the stage of uh, why this conversation is so important um, that you hear. I know um, just recently you all released the uh, your new report. You know what I'm saying? Let's start there. Let's get the conversation started there. What is the report? Why do you, How long y'all been doing it? And just, let's dive into it a little bit. Okay, so uh, the Urban League of Greater Atlanta just released the State of Black Georgia, a tale of two states report. And it's a comprehensive look at... Um, where black people are with respect to education, economics, health, civic engagement, and social justice. And we approach the report from two vantage points, a quantitative analysis, you know, where do we stand, cold hard numbers. Mm-hmm. And we also did it from a qualitative standpoint. We talked to people. So we traveled across the state to six communities, Atlanta, Albany, Augusta, Columbus, Macon, and Savannah. And in each of those states, we did uh, community listening sessions. And we just, you know, reached out through state legislators in each of those communities and said, tell us who the people are in your community we need to talk to. Mm -hmm. And uh, from all those areas. And in multiple uh, cities, there were black and white in the room. Um, and um, we were, it was just well-received. They were excited to tell us what the problems were, what was going well, what wasn't, and what they were doing about it and what they need to move the needle forward. And uh, they were very excited about unifying black leaders across the state. So I, I'm, it was, we, we, in every state, we not only did a listening session, but we asked them to take us on a tour of the, the community. Of the community. Nice. Quantitative, let's talk those numbers. What we looking like? Hard numbers as hard, people. Hard 
So first, good news. Black people are 32% of the state population. That's the fifth. Yeah, let's give some. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's a good number because that's a number that can influence things. Right. Um, we are the fifth largest black population of all major cities in the country. And, uh, you know, nationally, they say we're about 15, 16%. And because of COVID, I really believe in my heart of hearts that it's higher than that because we were, there was clearly an undercount yeah. in 2020. Right, right. So if we count it 32, we're probably more like 35, 36. And um, why is that important? Because um, the power base of any community uh, is really driven by population. And um, and so if we're unified and if we're civically engaged, we can determine the outcome of elections. Now, you got to keep in mind that coming off the 2020 census, uh, our state legislature was dominated by one party, and they took full advantage of that in redistricting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got a lot of people lost their seats. I see a lot of that intentional gerrymandering. Yeah, I mean, just flat out, straight up in your face. And then safe districts is the other part. Yes, that's right. So what? A, what? A, hold on for oh. the, for the listeners. What a safe yes. district? It's a, it's a district where it's safely uh, drawn that it's only one party is going to win, and so that means that you're not going to get a real robust conversation because. If I'm the Democrat, I don't, I don't care about the Republicans in my district because I have enough votes to, to win, win without them. Yes, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so thirty-two. Yeah. What's another number? That's a good news. That's a good news number. Now here's a bad news number. Um, actually, by fourth grade, only twenty-one point nine percent of Black children are reading proficiently by fourth grade. That means 78.9% are not. Wow. That's heartbreaking. A stat like that, that talk, that goes deep on a whole nother level, right? Yes. That doesn't just talk about our school system. That talk about our homes. Yes. That talk about the parenting. Yes. You know, and I know Keith can relate to that. You got... He got real smart kids. You know what I'm saying? He got <laughs> smart kids. Shout out. My son won third place in his tech competition this weekend. So hey. shout out, shout out. Shout out, shout um, out. Yeah, but the, I got a question. Like, where do, how do they get that number? Like, yeah. Where do they calculate it from? Oh, it's based on um, tests, meet, you know, the standardized, uh, standardized test. test scores. And we know there's bias in the scores and all that stuff. But think about coming off of COVID when so many Black children um, did not have access to um, the internet like they needed it, yeah. the tools for remote learning. Um, many um, parents, you know, sadly in our household, we have in our community, we not only have a child literacy reading problem, we have a literacy problem across the community. Yes. A- adult literacy is astounding. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad it was until years ago when I worked for a city council member who you know. He would always do this thing where we would have to volunteer to read at the hospital, like the children's hospital. And so I went in one day 
and I'm reading like Dr. Seuss books, right? And so it's a young parent. I think the mom was 16 or 17. The baby was not quite a year old or just right under that, that, that window. And she was struggling with a children's book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so if she's struggling with it, how in the world is she supposed to, you know, parents, you're supposed to read to your kids at night, right? Or you read to your kid and they're in, when they're alone in the womb. You're not able to do that if you're if you're personally struggling to get through a kid's book. So think about it, though. Um, in I believe it was 1872, it was illegal to, read. to teach a black person to read in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So this is by design. And um, and so, but but think about it. You know, even let's go back four hundred years when black folks were um, slaves and had to hide in ditches to teach each other mm-hmm. to read. So, reading and education have you know it's recognized as ladders for opportunity and for advancement. So, on our end. What we have to reignite in our own folks is this passion for it again. And you know, you go. You go. Because I I had a different kind of question when it comes to the education. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just like, I feel like we are, my generation and the special generation after me is so disconnected from the sins of this country. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And from these people that, we don't even look at the education. Like education is like, not only it's a rebellious act because they didn't want us to do this. Right. They didn't want us to read. They didn't want us to learn. Like how do we get in your opinion from where we were passionate about education, where our kids were walking to school and um, like to the integration when we were trying to get better books and stuff like that. Like how do we get to that to our kids? We just, education is not valued in our households, our communities, like based off your point of view of seeing the whole transition. I know what we seen. I know what I seen, but I want to know what's your opinion of how that happened. Well, I, I think um, a lot of it is rooted in disinvestment in public education. I think a lot of it is rooted in a uh, younger parenting, you know, the younger, um, we hit a, a point maybe four generations ago where more and more teens became parents. And, and my mom was a teen mom. Yeah. Yeah, she and And but he, in my family, my, my brother was, you know, 19 when he had his first child. But Keith was 12. Yeah. But back, but when it first started, the passion around, but you're going to stay in school. We're going to take care of the baby as a family. And mm. you're going to, that's what happened with my brother and his, at the time, girlfriend. Um, they were first year college students. She was a, had a full scholarship first in her family to go to college. And our parents, their, the parents got together and said, hey, college is a, even more critical. Mm-hmm. So we took care of, of my niece while they finished college and she went on to become a judge. He went on to become a surgeon and they were able to take care of their child and and raise. But now I just, I think we've got multiple generations and I, I, I'm not sure, you know, 
well, bottom line for me is um, we just have to connect with people again and say, hey, it's not too late. You know, let's meet people where they are and show them the path to get it. It's there. You can get it if you want it. And it's really the only path forward without taking the risk of going after economics illegally, which is what they want. So right. they can throw us in jail. I want you to go where you're going. So because so, so, that was a good question, because that's basically what I was going to ask about the education piece. Um to answer your question, to mix it with hers, I think that disconnect also came when education was a clear path. You got a better degree. You got a high school diploma. That job could sustain you and your family. I think over the years when the education, not just inflation, just an education value, period, a bachelor's degree didn't get you anything, right? Mm -hmm. You had to have a master's degree. Then the stats come out and tell you, oh, well, if you're black with a bachelor's degree, it's equivalent to a white person with a high school diploma. So then now you're telling me what education is the way I went to school. I collected debt and I still can't come up like my grandparents generation where you can get one job, buy a house, get a car, yep. go on vacation yep. and do it all again every year. So now when you come to me. And you say, and not just you, but in general, mm -hmm. they say education is our way out. Well, this generation, it it can't just be the education because I'm educated, but I'm still broke. So is it a different type of education that needs yes. to start going out? Like, I like what you said, meet the people where they are. They mm -hmm. always talk about a lot of uh, economics, a lot of money that's being moved. But I've never taken a course that says, hey, even, whether or not you want to be an entrepreneur, here are the baseline things you need a credit score of this, a bank account of that, yes. this, that, you know, all these things, then I can make a decision. You know what? I, I kind of want to be an entrepreneur and my credit is not that bad as a young person. I can build it up versus trying to start a business later on in my life. And I'm not doing business. I'm doing business. Yeah. We talk, <laughs> business. We talk about business. <laughs> so then we want some of these contracts to trickle down. But once it gets down to me, I'm doing business. I so got, my I ain't got my LLC. I ain't exactly. got my bank account. I'm doing, I'm getting clients. They paying me in my personal name. All my bills are getting paid out of one account. Like it's and not only that, I am sustaining and raising my family off of it. So then, where is the education piece to meet me where I'm at and say, hey, let's clean your books up, let's get your taxes straight, so you can get qualified for more of these grants. But if I do that, my fear is if I don't have full support and funding to get it straight. The IRS might come after me. All these, you know, all these little loopholes that could happen to me. If I don't have a security and saying, hey, you know, we're going to clean you up, but everything's going to be fine. And I'm, it's like an anthill. If I don't touch it, it ain't going to touch me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until That's I kick it. it over and all, you know. So, like, to me, so. Gotcha. The, yeah. So, the education piece, I wonder, like, can we start transforming that into just educating you on how to live basically and maybe that would reignite you to want to learn other things because i have youtube now and you go to these young people they're not going to college they're going to youtube and anything i want to learn i can learn on youtube to coding i can i can even get in coding out of a six-month google certificate and that's cool that that's okay so do we have but everything all of these you're options? talking about guess what mm -hmm. that's what we do with the urban league Okay, Every okay, day. okay. I was waiting day. for it. Look, look, there, there, you, you set it up nicely. I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to because I don't think that people know these resources exist. They don't. The story not being told. Yeah. I'm going to be real. Yeah. People look at Urban League 
NAACP, all y'all, like you're a historic organization and y'all ain't doing nothing. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, let me tell you, yesterday, so we we've partnered with the city and over the past year, uh, we've operated the first guaranteed income program. Five hundred dollars a month for twelve consecutive months to three hundred families to do with what they felt they needed. Now this is the middle of the pandemic. And so yesterday we had a like a a focus group and eight of the families met with us and told us how they used the money and the impact it had on their lives. And um before you answer, how would you use five hundred dollars a month? Yeah, I just want to see. Yeah. How would you use five hundred dollars a month? Me? Yeah. Right now. Right now, if you got five hundred dollars a month from them. Oh, you already know daycare. Daycare. Like it'll go straight to daycare and that way I can make, you know, do more on the business. There there you go. So um one lady, um, I mean there were just different stories, but in every single case, um, they had connected with our financial coach and one of the biggest things they learned was about their credit score. Every every single one of these eight families just kept raving about Brianna Curry, who is our senior financial coach, because she out. broke it down as to how to get to the 700 score, how to maintain the score, how to clean it up and all that. And um, to your point, it just validated for me that this new integrated way of working with our folks is working mm-hmm. because it's about first stability. Then it's about in using your talents your purpose to figure out how you can make money. Here's the good news. We got some good news about Metro Atlanta and the state. That being number one for business is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because we are not dependent upon any one industry right. sector. Yeah. Yeah. So you can be anything and make it. You can go into the film and television. This is what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Media. Digital media, we we have classes and we can connect people to how to tap into that industry. Healthcare, nurses, there's a shortage. You can make six figures as a nurse. That's not easy. Well, but y'all, y'all doing y'all doing the real nurse degrees, not the fake ones. That <laughs> no, no, because <laughs> you know it was a whole wave of that pandemic. Not, nurse. not the Instagram <laughs> nurse. <laughs> <laughs> pandemic nurse. No. They got caught. <laughs> no, we don't play. We got that. okay. We got the official Germany, ones over here, y'all. That. That's the official ones. <laughs> And now, because so many hospitals need them, instead of you having to finish a degree to get into the profession four years, three years down the line, Mm -hmm. they're hiring you now with a high school diploma. Mm. And you can go to school while you're on payroll Mm. Uh and learn at both Grady and Wellstar. That's, no, that's good. That's really now, good. I don't want oh. you to do mine. I was just uh, thinking it. But they're, they're not nursing. I, I mean, they're, they're, of course, supervised. They're supervised, but it's it's like an apprenticeship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I remember one time I went in, this brother, he tried about four times. To to try. get your I was like, hey, man. <laughs> Let <laughs> the professional. Yes, I, I was trying to let you learn, brother, but you can't. You can't nah, keep practicing on me. He was a trainee. Yeah, he was a trainee. Yeah, for me, for me, you only get one shot. I don't play yeah, about yeah, no needle. No, no. like, I mean, because I know what it is. So I'm like, I give you guys one and two. The third, I'm like, all right, brother. All right, my brother. Nah, right. you got one for me. Now, I will say this. You said, I like that. I like you said that. something like, you're like, you know, we can do anything. 
I'm leaning more towards the school of thought as a people. We have to really begin to be realistic about where we are and stop allowing our kids to just go to school for anything. Like, oh, I, like, I agree with that. All that I'm going to school. I, I hate, I, I literally cringe when I hear a person say they're going to school for psychology. Well, that's, like, that's not a bad thing. I think, to piggyback off you, I think we need to do more specialized uh, teaching with our HBCUs. Like, I, like how are that? Like how they got the doctor I'm, I'm program? Just, I'm, just, I'm saying we need to like, yeah, I know you're passionate. And you want to do like, bro? This is where the money is. Like right now, well, see, we that, need y'all to get money. You you do and, career exploration. That's what we there do. There you go. Yeah. See, and we help people figure out what are your skills, what are you interested in, and then we help them map that to where the money is. Yeah. Because look at this money yes. with that degree we, is what she like, said. Where How the do I map at? Where the money at? The state should have a role in that too, right? So if you're going to a public high school and you're about to graduate high school, they should be telling you, hey, here are the degrees where there is a deficit of people yes. and a plethora of jobs. And these right. jobs are starting at X number. That's right. But how do we get ahead of that? Because by the time you tell me that in high school, in the you next gotta, four years, how do I, you know, like what's the next? Well, believe it or not, the public school system infrastructure is there. It's called college and career curriculum. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it starts in elementary school, technically, if you, you're, you're right. executing it. Yeah. Right. And uh, but again, here's I where I didn't get that. in. well, I didn't go to a public elementary school, but I definitely didn't get that in high school. I was homeschooled. No, I didn't get it. Well, I, you know, I, I didn't I get it's... it. Well, I went to a technical my, my... high school, though, in Detroit. So I did get it. Yeah. Yeah, I majored daughter, in business in, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And so more of that is happening. But here again, parents, parents, we got to wake our parents up, empower them to be more intentional and require their kids to get what they need. If you, How do we have 22% of our kids with fourth grade right. reading proficiency without parents uh, boycotting the schools? And, you know, we got to empower our parents. I'll let the parent go first. Well, I just, this is a, a question for National Urban League. Yes. Um, other things you provide are there parenting classes yes. and are there um co-parenting well not 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 just father co-parenting uh counseling situations does does the urban league provide that as well you know we had we we don't have it right now but we have a young fathers program young fathers program okay and, and, and what's the age group for young fathers that 16 to 24 okay 16 to 24, um, we have uh, a young mother's program where they bring their co-parent or spouse into the program. And so we take this holistic approach and we have an education day at the Capitol every year to get parents up there so they can see and meet. But it's scale. We don't have the scale that I'm looking for, right? I want to be able to do this all the people. That's what I say. Is there a grant behind it? Because I hear that, right? Education yes. day at the Capitol, automatically I lose money because I got to take a day off work to do it. True. So that's you, true. You know, and and you probably don't know the complete answer. This is probably going back to that original question where we say, what can those black elites, those black millionaires, billionaires do? 
right? Maybe provide some type of, you know, grant money to where, you know, if you come into this education day as a parent, maybe we can offset your cost of not getting to work. Because a lot of times what's what's happening is, I because I see it, it's a trickle down of parents having to work longer hours because inflation is so high because things cost more money. So I really can't invest in the child, right? Child care is high. So if I'm not putting you in a certified child care, grandma, auntie, brother, whoever's watching you, they're just watching you. And YouTube is watching you or the TV is watching you. There's no teaching, education, learning going on at the daycare. So it always all stems back to resources. It does. And one of those parents that have to work extra, an extra job or if my job even paid me more. Or like you said, a UBI type of program. Or does the Urban League have a stance on like reparations? I saw that in the report. Oh, there was we, a, We're part of a, a, a task force group right now mm. with LISC. Studying reparations. There we go. Sometimes. Oh yeah. And my now we are all for reparations. Just we we talked earlier. There's so many documented historical systems that have been put in place that have blocked our ability to prosper economically. It's you can calculate mm-hmm. what we've lost. For sure. So, yes, other ethnic groups have been compensated. Mm -hmm. Why not black folks? Are you kidding? We we rise to the top. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of the wealth, I mean, all the wealth in this country was built off the black, uh, the backs of black slaves. Free labor, you're going to get wealthy. Right. For sure. Are you, are y'all, your reparation alignment? Because there's a lot of coalitions out here for reparation. Do you know how aligned y'all are with kind of, I'm from the school of NCOBRA. I don't know if you're familiar with NCOBRA. NCOBRA is, um, I think the acronym is uh, National Coalition for African, um, no, National Coalition of Blacks for Reparation. That's NCOBRA. NCOBRA. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I got to learn about them. This is new. Yeah, yeah. So NCOBRA, they've been, they've been doing reparations for a really long time. You know what I'm saying? They're, a lot of studies, a lot of research, because there's so many different people this approaches this, yeah pathways. this, this you know fulton county just uh appropriated i think it was four hundred thousand dollars for a reparation yeah, see task they have, force. Yeah, they're holding those webinars i'm gonna start uh checking in see what's going on with you that. gotta do it yeah, Plug I in. you heard about san francisco's got yeah. a proposition yeah i was about million. to move i know that's <laughs> well, right <laughs> and, 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 well the reason why i asked it's a good question because the reason why i asked is because yeah san francisco said that but the independent chapter of naacp wrote a rebuttal saying that they didn't want the five million and they want more housing and education and you know so that so that's why we I want asked, all of that i i would say should be but a here, yes and yeah, exactly. it should be but then when, exactly. you, when you start digging through you they found out that that same chapter just got a check from wells fargo bank so then it's like how do we as black people get ahead and hold each other accountable when we do have people who are not you know, holding the line or Man. quote unquote selling out or not. Our skin like, ain't our king. What I'm saying, but how do you hold them accountable? Like you're you're a, you're a multi millionaire. We're coming to you saying, hey, this is an issue, and you're like, ah, got mine. It's like, okay, cool, you got yours. But then, how do we hold you accountable as the people? Because I don't care what anybody says. If you're a, if you're a black, especially in America, it's a day and time where like you're gonna need the people. Like something's gonna happen. And you need the people to vouch for you. So how do we hold people accountable to like? Well, there you, you said it. You're 
you haven't been accountable, you haven't been uh, true to your mission or whatever, when you need it, you don't get the support. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. But but going back, here's one of my concerns about reparations. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just, in my head, want to make sure that we prepare our people to know what to do mm-hmm. with the funds when we get them. See, that's that's my concern. Yeah, I just, but I don't want to hold it up to do that. Though. No, well, uh, I don't want to hold it up either, but um, how many times, well, I don't know how we do it. That's why, I'm, I mean, this is brand new for our participation, so yeah. I don't claim to be a reparations expert. Yeah, but I love, I love y'all are here, though. But I'm <laughs> just saying that we want to be at that table because what we heard from those eight families, they said, look, um, cause they didn't, the ones in the room that we met with yesterday who got the guaranteed income program, all of them had, were, had been, they were part of our, um, uh, cohort where they had already been urban league clients. Gotcha. So they had already taken advantage of some of our programming. So mm-hmm. they kind of, kind of knew, knew what to, do with, what to, to do. do with the money, but their recommendation was that if you do it again, require everyone mm-hmm. to take your financial literacy and get your financial coaching and get your, I would add career exploration component. And I would kind of want that for reparations before you get your check. It's here. It's sitting, it's ready. It's ready to go, but you complete some things first, make a plan, make a plan, but see, you no, want to let, let, let me tell you why. Like, because now, you know what to do with no, it. No, no, and the rabbit hole start going deeper. All right, so boom. Who teaches this? Who who does this program, right? Certainly. Who's the one in charge of it? And then if the people don't complete yeah. it, oh, this person don't get it because they don't complete it. We don't know why they didn't. Yeah, I, I want to give folks, like, you yeah, owe I this. Give you this money. I'm giving you this and, money. And this is and, and and the reason why I asked the question, yes. right, is because yeah, we can. have to we have to have this uh, open dialogue about yes. it because yes. I also think it's an intergenerational thing, right? I do think your generation means very well when you say that to us, right? You yes. should learn boom, boom, boom. But our generation has seen that the more requirements you put on things, the more red tape there are on things, the harder it is for us to get it. And I don't think and, and not specifically you, but your generation understands that because y'all came from a generation where there wasn't as much rules and red tape, and there was a lot of things that like slipped through the cracks I'll give you that example. people took advantage of. And then in our generation, they're like, okay, well, good example is like you want to get your scholarship money for like FAFSA. It's so many red, red, so much red tape that you should be able to just fill out the application simply, turn it in, and receive whatever funds you need, but. There's so many, oh, well, did your parents submit their taxes? I they, think we can find a happy medium if we work together. Well, but, and the last thing I'm going to say, though, is, but I can't go for that requirement thing only because they there there aren't any other requirements for any other groups. Like, nobody goes to Ukraine and says, hey, did these people pass these tests? To, nobody goes to, like, the other immigrants where they come into the country and get these. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no, so I think that maybe... If reparations do come so down. So just be prepared that some people, if we go with just give it to the people, mm-hmm. that it'll flow right through many hands and go right back to them. Well, and, well, and I'll say just this. Just be prepared we, for we, that. We, but we all, we, we, get, we did get a stimulus check. And to me, that was a very good 
it was, uh, and guess what happened? The, no, what what the, happened with the hey, stimulus? The, the, pe- the people who knew what to do and took advantage did what they, they should. They did. Then, the, then there's the other but faction. Savings did oh, go up. Savings people, went up. Savings, investments went up, go up because there's also that middle faction that oh. says, "I always wanted to learn." I didn't have the time or money to learn, right. so then I do. And then you always want to have that bottom yeah, group like, of lazy people who's going to spend their money on whatever, you know, that. all no. the illegal, whatever they want to do. This it's always going to be that faction. But I, I believe that middle faction that happened during the stimulus, because like, I was one of those people. You the were stimulus, one of the middle faction. I was one of the middle factions when okay. the stimulus came. I'm not worried about you because you're going to be good. I'm worried about all my folks who are in the struggle zone right now mm-hmm. that may not be able to capitalize on that at the highest bar but i'm you know here's but that's guess capitalism what? yeah 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 but gonna... that doesn't mean make it right because it's capitalism you, you, but right. here's you here's right. the thing guess what urban league ain't going nowhere and you know whatever way it goes down you know what we're gonna do hey y'all for those who want to know you this can how you plug into the urban yeah, league I like that. and if I like you want to know <laughs> We right here. We'll help you go into business. We'll help you learn how to manage that money. We'll help you. But it's your money. And you ultimately have the power over it to do as you. I like that. So here's here's the other reason why, like, when it go to this type of requirements, I would like to see. Oh, you do want some requirements. Not on reparations. (laughs) Not on on reparations. (laughs) But, like, when you think about, like, all right, so requirements of assistance, right? You know what I'm saying? We get we get now we get federal government assistance. Like if there's a level of requirement that all right, you get in uh section eight or you get in these food stamps, there are a t- level of classes or information that you can do to keep these uh benefits going and opening it up to other people outside of just the normal there's like I know men that would love to have food stamps, but they don't even require for it. They can't the system they can give it to well, the system legally says that because I was I've, I've been there right? right like I went to get food stamps and the only way I would have qualified is if I had custody of one of my children outside yeah. of that they say you're an able-bodied man you can go work yes. and make enough money but you fail to realize if I'm paying child support and y'all, taking, and y'all taking my check so my work don't add up to it. I, I can't even eat, pay rent, and pay you my car why? notes. Because so. you're not making a livable wage. Exactly. Right? And that's why one of our platforms is we got to tap into your talents, show you. See, here, here's the window we're in. Mm-hmm. We're actually in a decent window that we must capitalize on. Because, what, 10, 20, blah, blah, blah. Four-year college was the only way, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. And everybody got saddled with debt and to your point we come out we're in the wrong thing we didn't pick the right major (laughs) Uh, technology has changed everything shifted now the beautiful thing now you don't have to have a four-year degree to get to a livable wage first of all do y'all know what a livable wage is what is it for this region what do you think it is one hundred fifty thousand dollars that's closer to it yeah average medium is 34 what is thirty four what thirty four thousand thirty four thousand? Yeah, that's then, so I would that, say like livable though, like seventy to hundred. Okay, and let's start with housing per what, person. Not what household. do you think it costs for a three bedroom house in a decent neighborhood with in a Atlanta good school. with a good school? Easy, right now? Easily thirty five hundred a month. Thirty five hundred. Yeah, so, right right. so I'm gonna help 000. you do the math. I'm gonna help you do the math. Your household expenses for your housing 
should not be greater than 30% of your income. And that includes utilities. That includes uh, insurance. That's not just for the roof over your head. That's right. So one third. Now, if 3,500 is one third, let's just say, yeah, let's just say one third to make it easy. You'd have to be making altogether three times 3500 and nobody which is 10 grand a month which is $120,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Who's making that? Some people are, but not without skills or scams. Or scams. We are in Atlanta. I'm going to let you I'm going to let you finish. But, but these scammers living better than you. Like, well, I agree. Like, like but scammers. no, the scammers definitely, but the scammers run the risk of going to jail. Prison. Yeah. Now, or is there, dying. Is, is there a program in, in the Urban League? Because I'm asking about all these programs because yes. I want this to be like an advertisement. So I'm a scammer, Thank you. Thank hypothetically. You. No. Yes. Is there a program where I can come to Urban League and say, hey, look, I've these been are scammed. my skills. No, 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 I've been Great. scamming. I save my money here and my skills. I want to get out of the life. Absolutely. That's okay. our entrepreneurship program. Okay, okay. But yes. we all, but we all turn me in. No, Absolutely. no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you, no. you don't have to prove to the Urban League the source of your capital. We're not like auditors of the IRS. If you come to us and say, hey, I've got some capital and I want to invest in something. Can you help me figure out what would be a great business for me to be in? We would support that process. Okay, I like that. I like so that. in the that support, process. are y'all doing funding for businesses or are you oh, just yes. ideation? No, we do. We connect people to capital. During COVID, we yeah. gave away $365,000 of grants. I'm struggling. Hold on, hold on. So, so grants money. So there's a grant. So there's a grant money out there for two young brothers who started a podcast company uh, that developed into a media company here in the heart of Atlanta. Out here giving the uh, giving power yes, to the people. Listen, invest in Atlanta. The information. Invest Atlanta, we're one of their technical assistance providers during COVID, had a program where they would grant up to $40,000 grant to existing businesses in the city. And they gave away something like $20 million. All they wanted was five years of financials. And what else they wanted? Five years of oh, financials. Oh, you was doing they, business. They want the board. So you were doing they, business. They want, they want the board. I mean, let, if we're talking about the people, yeah. The average people are yeah. doing business. Yeah. They are, but you know but they have you you underestimate the people. Cause now, even if you're business, you've got your PayPal app. Mm-hmm. We can help you reconstruct. You you know what oh, your income okay. is because people paying you with cash app, yeah. PayPal. Mm-hmm. We can reconstruct. So that's you, what I'm talking about. Using your card, we can that's your expenses. Okay. Come on. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what we talking about. We got to I, I, I get the business straight. That's right. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We right. teach people that for free. That's every week. Free. Free. Small business coaching, free. So Financial coaching, free. As, as a president, as yes. a president of Urban League. Yes. Why is this not buzzing to the people? Like, why people ain't like... Cause you, we talk, people we are people. buzzing. We got full people every I'm, week. I'm talking about. I know. I know you got people. I'm just talking about for what you're doing. Yes. For the amazing work you're doing, it ain't buzzing like it's supposed to be. Okay. Buzzing. We need a marketing director. Okay. 
that's that's the conversation. Yeah, because because no, what real. I hear is yeah. what I hear is <laughs> urbanly, I know. And, and directly nothing, and nothing against the other organizations, but we've had other organizations on, but the urban league seems the most promising in addressing urban issues. Everything else, because yeah, urban league y'all mentioned voting, which is also good, but y'all also are talking dollars and cents and resources. Yes, everybody else is just really trying to get you to vote, and they're saying their stuff, but they're. It's so, it's but so much we collaborate with there. them because somebody has to do that work we'll get that. and no, no, that no, work alone. No, 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 we get so that, know, but we need to know about your it's, work because you're, you're it's talking the full to circle. It's, it's it the is. circle. And, yeah. and what most people do is say vote and then elect and then they stop there. Right. And it doesn't. That's right. And then now we're at make this point where we're not voting because those economics don't add up. And yep. it's like, well, what am I even voting for? Yep. Or if if I vote and it don't change my paycheck, because I've been doing this since Obama, I did it with Trump. I did it for every the pa- the past decade of voting is different now. People have really been more engaged, and then they look back and say, "Hold, on, I was more engaged, but my paycheck ain't changing." Y'all told me to vote; right. things would change, That's right. and it's not. And I think the Urban League is like that that last connected. Yep. Like, okay, well, we got resources; we can help you. And maybe if more money is flowing, then you can tell me, "Hey, okay, we help you make more money." You want to donate to this candidate? You want to donate to this? Co- like, the more money you make, hopefully that should trickle back down. Absolutely. Like, real trickle so down. So we economics. got in that emergency space on purpose because guess what? The dollars we got, that's our dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bringing it right back to the people. Thank you. All right. So folks can't say it didn't help me because it did. We kept you in your home. But now we want to help you connect with some upskilling that you can do and make sure. Because right now, Really, this is the saddest part. There's not enough child care. You said mm-hmm. not enough Lord, child care. Right so so if stuff. you don't have child care, if you don't have you the skills to work from home, you right. can't work exactly. a full time job. Right. And if rent is three grand, that you can't. It's just out of the realm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right now, what we need to do, and this just meeting people wherever they are. For folks that are really underskilled and struggling, call the Urban League. We're going to get you on path. We're going to find a way to collaborate. You're going to have to reconnect with your brothers and sisters and say, look, we can't afford $3,500 alone, but you got two kids. I got three kids. We got two adults. We gonna move in together. Mm-mm. I'm oh, struggling yeah. by myself. No, no, no I no. can do bad all by myself. <laughs> but you know what's heartbreaking is seeing how many of our families are mm. just disconnected. The weight of poverty breaks up families. Yeah, yeah. it does. You said it. That's, but that's... that not living together is part of the problem, right? Yes. The the number of people living alone in America has skyrocketed so, over the past 10, 15 years. Yep. And you got people who were struggling at the same time. And you're not, and these are not homeowners. These are renters mm-hmm. who are making the landowners, landlords richer, richer and richer. So I'm just saying, y'all, let's take a pause. Keep moving. Let's let's come together, go through a little period of struggle, but struggle with collaboration. Because you see, if I stay focused, we can put people through a four-month IT training program and come out on the other side making 60. Yeah. That's five grand a month. That's still not enough for a $3,500 rent 
Yeah. But if but I can move a little further out, yeah. get my rent down to like two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can and get I, a two here. You just ain't gonna like what you You can at. buy with sixty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can. And you know, I gotta give a shout out to my cousin Troy. Um uh, my yeah, cousin sure. Troy, I always use his example. He's somebody I watch. Yes. Troy um got ended up getting his uh wife now pregnant and he was working at McDonald's. <laughs> Um, I was like, wait, where is this going? <laughs> no, nah, nah, he was working at McDonald's and he was cleaning bathrooms. And then one day he just said, bro, I got to do something different. He left almost like Will Smith pursuit of happiness. He left Houston, left his wife in Houston with his dad, moved to New York for a free internship. Yes. And learn how to code with the risk of not even getting a job. Now, Troy yes. is making hundreds of thousands a year. There you like, go. But I watched him. Top of the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he li- he living. We were just talking the other day. We were like, if our, because 2008, when we both really came here to Atlanta, we were like, man, I was like, if the 2008 Eldridge could see me now, he'd slap the mess out of me. He was like, bro, you got all of this, and you ain't did what? Like, so I get it. I get the level of, like, we could come together, take these classes. But the word is sacrifice. Are we willing to sacrifice for the bigger picture. Got to, for the short term, though. It's a short term sacrifice for the long term gain. You about to make me make all my siblings moving. I don't, I don't know, Miss, I don't know, Miss Nancy. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to talk on the, on the contrary. What if it doesn't seem that short term? What if y'all told me COVID was short term and that was 2020? And then I got through that through 2021. In 2022, so I'm still thinking short term. But COVID in Atlanta years. was only four months. I'm just saying, <laughs> but COVID is when all this stuff changed. So, what if my short term? What's your definition of short term? How long is six short-term? months? Depends six, on what six you to pick. Twelve months. What do you want to do? Okay. What do you want to be? So, if you want to be in IT, I tell you four months. Now, four months, you still got to have a roof over your head. You got to eat. You got this, that, and the other. So, we have to we sit down with people and work that. How that. can we make this? How many coaches that's, y'all got? That's realism. That, that sounds like like that's what I'm saying. That sounds like life coaches. How many of those y'all got? Oh my god, we got four. Four. Y'all four. need more. Four career coaches. We got two financial coaches. This is just for adults. Now mm-hmm. for youth, we got a whole nother set of folks. And what's, the what's the age cutoff for youth? Because I know youth is different for different. For groups. us older youth, we work with high school. And young adults. So like Youth 25. and young adults till 24. 24. So 14 to 24. Okay. That age group. I love that age I got group. youth on the same yeah, Because if we get them on the right path, mm-hmm. they take their next generation with them and we right. break the cycle of poverty. Do, do y'all do something for the next level, though? Yes. Um, College people. Yes. As, right after college. college, right after college, college graduated, like or not, or didn't the go to college. They realize so their degree got, don't work. <laughs> well, yeah, because because my thing is, I found that that's we don't <laughs> we, we rarely have a full pipeline program. Sometimes, like they, they'll get you in middle school and high school, like oh you're smart, oh we're gonna teach you all these skills, boom boom boom, send you to college, okay, you got your degree, now like, graduate, yeah. And our, then our college grad, you know, so twenty five home like veterans, yeah, like twenty three, <laughs> no work, no programs. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then no programs was like, come, you aged out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. You don't age out at the urban league. Okay. I, I like you that. Know, no. I like that. You got the young you, leadership, urban yeah, league, young professionals. We got the young professionals. Program. I thought y'all should be doing network mixing. Say that again. I okay. thought y'all should be doing network mixing. Some of the UGL, YP. Yeah. I get a lot of emails. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, listen, 
And I'm talking, like, I know Nancy, but I'm talking from we're the talking no, no, no. General, yeah. I get it. I get it. So think of the Urban League in this way. Pretty much anything that you may be trying to figure out, I want people to know somebody at the Urban League, if you're black, wants to help you figure it out. We may not have what you need, but our job is to know what else is out there that's filling the gaps or find out what it is. We're not perfect. We're only so big. I only yeah. got four, yeah. right? I need 400 to that's meet the need. All right, that's why I right? asked you how many you got. And, yeah. and, but we, it's, it's what I had to get with early on in my career on this was, you know, I was frustrated. Oh, there's so many, so many. Work with what you got. The people in that we can connect with right now, listen to help them and make room for more. Every life matters. Every single one. Now, I, I am in a school of thought of doing, before I used to be like, let's get everybody. Like when I first started, uh, when I first came to Atlanta, I had a mentor program and I was mentoring hundreds of young people. I'm, I'm at all these schools and it was cool. It was great. But now I'm in a school of thought of how we dive deep. Right. Now I only mentor five at a time. Yes. Like, and I want to really hyper focus on y'all getting you there. Even with your program, what y'all was doing, right? With mm-hmm. the guaranteed income. Yep. Like, is it better to give this many 500 a month or is it better to give this many 3,000? You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, but we're playing with that. I mean, I, I don't think I'd, I'd like it to be more. Um, city council member Faroki yeah. has a program for two years, $800 a month for black single moms. Mm. Love that. I'm anxious to see how that transforms their life. 800, you can do some things. Yeah. 500 was great too, though. What I mean, did, what did they the end families. up spending the money on? I don't think we ever got oh, to the answer yeah. on that. Oh, well, one young man was in school, so it he paid his rent. When he came to us, he was homeless. He was living in at Covenant House. Mm. He was able to um, somehow through them found somebody who had an apartment building, and he said, "Look, I just got in this program. All I have is five hundred a month." He said, "You can have this little apartment for five hundred dollars a month." He finished he school. He finished mm-hmm. school in that year, and now he's got his own business, right? And he's rocking and rolling. He looks so beautiful. Yesterday, he's from a small town in Georgia. And he's he's just he Eldridge. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. Well, he's he's coming up. He's on the come up. And um and then another mom of three, uh, she had three sons. She brought them all with her, and she says she started pilot school. She mm-hmm. wants to be a pilot. Get away from them kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Hey, she's flying. That's she's getting her hours in. That's what's up. That's she's what's getting up. her hours in. And um, there was another lady who. Um, now, could uh, you use it on anything, or do you think it's really responsible? They wanted. To yeah. your point, yeah. child support. We were talking about child support, child care, car note, rent, whatever. They one lady said, "I took my kids for the first time." On a spring break. Oh, wow. That's what I'm saying. Like, Wasn't that beautiful? Yeah. She said, I that. had the money to take them on a spring break. That was real. Yeah. yeah. Strengthening the family. Yes. Yeah. Exposure yeah. of those kids to that life so that they are motivated. You know, one lady What's brought her two kids. I, 
She you, she, you she saved up. Oh, okay. Multiple months. <laughs> she yeah, put like, it together. Like, yeah. kids, kids are simple, bro. Like you, if you yeah. just plan it out, that's like, right. They, they just want to leave. Could. Are we out the house? Stay at a red like, roof inn. They don't. They care, don't care. Right. They don't care. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, no, I I, 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 I like love that man. program. And as knowledgeable as I am, I'm learning more stuff of what y'all do. I'm kind of yeah. mad that I didn't he, know about this. Well, here's one I want you to know about because I went last two weeks ago and I was blown away. It's called the Young Adults Rise Program and it's for um, 18 to 24 year olds who've already had contact with the system. Mm-hmm. And these, I, we had eight young people. Two of them had infants with them. This was a recognition ceremony. And so they blew me away. How confident they were. Every single one of them uh, stood up and talked about how without this program, they didn't know where they would be. And all of them had some credentialing under their belts. They had gone through leadership development. They knew about their credit score. They knew how to budget. I was proud of them, but I was also proud of the urban league. Yeah. I said, this thing it's, is working. Yeah. Y'all did it. Y'all did it. Y'all did it. Yeah. It's working. And I mean, these young parents, they, they were, they were, oh, they were so confident and, you know, and I'll be candid with you. When I walked in, they were they were there, and you know, a couple of them were looking kind of, you know, mm-hmm. razzle dazzle. a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> and uh, so I was like real anxious at first, like, okay, how? What's what are they gonna say? What are they gonna do? Man, I was so proud. I was just like, girl, you stop evaluating based on the look. outward. Look. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I also told my guy, I said, look, you got to do a little more because it it wasn't, I don't want to say it. They all had very unique styles and I want that retained, but I do want them to know a little bit more about, you know, self-care. Yeah, just, okay. poli- just polish it polish. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just it, a little bit. And, and, and some people like, like my, uh, you know, my guy, I don't even know her yet, Cal. Like I remember we, he had talked about, you know, I don't really do suits like that. So uh, the next week, we went and got him a suit. Man, the boy looked good. That's you know what, what I'm saying? And he liked about. it. Now, now you be wearing it. I'm like, bro, you ain't got to wear it now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I do think that's part suit, of it, too. Like, you this, just don't like know once you, don't you know. do it, you know what I'm saying? Once you really it's do just, it, it's, it's yeah. It, and it's almost like having a job. Like, you know, I hear a lot of young people say hate jobs now. But their exposure to a real job is very limited. Like right. there's people with some jobs who expense budget is with yeah. your your business, a business is bringing in in three years. You know what I'm saying? There are some high level jobs that would change your mind of oh, I don't want to be an employee. But but I love that y'all met them where they was at and let them go through yes. the program and finish it and complete it. So because I think after that. Now they're gonna say, listen hey, to you. They'll listen because mm-hmm. if I can't do the program unless I'm polished, I'm not even gonna come. And the first guy I spoke was had been in the program six months, and that told me right away he's sticking. So we must be doing something right. that he sees as valuable. Yeah. yeah, right. And oh, he was he was amazing. I, I and, love it. Yeah, I, I wish I would have uh, known love about that. you guys. And you know who ago. was in the room too? Um, Slutty Vegan. Uh, Pinky. Two, okay. Not yeah. Pinky herself, but two of her people okay. were there because at the end of the recognition ceremony. They were there to interview and they were talking mm. about the career paths within her organization and 
how they train and all of those things. And it was just to have a black business in the room and them have the interest for that. And three out of the eight said they intend to own their own businesses. Wow. And so in the urban league, do you all do any programming around keeping the, the dollar in the black community? We talk about that in the entrepreneurship track, but I like that because I, I we've got to do more with that. I'm glad you brought that up. We talk about budgeting, but I, we need to talk about the turn yeah, of the dollar. Because it might kind of, yeah. okay, I go through your program, my business gets certified, now I have a daycare, now yes. you have another cohort coming through. You need child care. Yeah, now we do that. Here. We do cross-referring and make sure people know. But to your point of just teaching our people in general about the turn of the dollar and how it affects things long-term. I I know y'all used to do something. When I was doing Spendify, Mark Parham, he's still with you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Parham, I used to work with him. We did some panels together. Y'all had some conversation. I know y'all have done some work. The entrepreneurship program does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think along with the, uh, because I know y'all have this civic engagement push, that part of it with the economic engagement push showing people the like connection. Because I remember I yeah. went to um I went to one seminar, I can't remember which one, but it was about the black dollar. And he, you know, you first come in, everybody gets a dollar. And he told everybody, you know, hold your hand up, you know what I'm saying? And he went around, he said, I'm Walmart, I'm Target. I'm he just took the dollar, took the dollar, took the dollar. Now he said, Okay, I want everybody to write down your business. Okay. I want everybody to talk to each other, see what you need. At the, end of the, at the end of that exercise, everybody still had money. At the end of the first exercise, everybody was broke. Now, some people might have had more than others, but everybody had more than that $1 they came in with, uh-huh. and nobody had zero. Yeah. And as it showed everybody, this is how we can sustain our own communities, even if we do have certain legislations coming down and certain things affecting us economically, we'll still be solid. And then we can probably make a political change. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to you, Saba, on, on a legislative end where we need help in our community. This second chance reentry work. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm a brother, come from prison, right? I get out. They probably have me go through a halfway house. Boom. I get out the halfway house. Now I have, and let's say I have no family to go stay with. And I'm talking about, I, I can go to my uncle that just came home. Uncle that just came home. Even if I got the wherewithal to start a business and make my own money, get an apartment, like I got a felony, there's nowhere for me to stay. Or if I'm coming home to my lady, she in the assistant program, so illegally I can't stay there for her to keep the assistance. Like, how do we combat that? Like, we kind of knowingly send them out knowing that they can't do nothing. Your well, next move. Well, see, Urban League is in the transition center. Okay. Did you know that? Yeah. This your this your show. That's what I'm saying. Get it up. <laughs> Get up. So what? But how do y'all combat that? We well, we go inside the transition center. Now we don't serve everybody in the transition center, but we have a cohort yeah. that that rotates, where we find out what those individuals want to do, and we support them to get credentials before they are released and jobs. Now, the most friendly, fast tracks where we've had the greatest success 
um, are in um, CDL drivers. CDL. Mm -hmm. You can become a CDL driver in six weeks and come out making $28 to $35 an hour. And you can get an apartment with that. Sleeping now, in the truck. not that felony background isn't an issue, but we have partnerships. There's quite a few nonprofits that will rent apartments to individuals who are coming out of the system. Do I do the bond insurance for the, um, we help, yeah. we help the employer and the employee connect mm -hmm. with there's federal uh, yeah. employee bonds. Yep. Okay. You do that. But there's, there's quite a few companies that are name brand companies that are second chance employers, Coca-Cola bottling company, Walmart, um, uh, Home Depot, depending on mm -hmm. the uh, thing, DHL. Um, uh, there's, there's some, but it's heavy. The, the, the industries with the best opportunities are typically construction, transportation, and logistics. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get into the trades. The building trades mm -hmm. is great. That's a big one. That's big. You can become a, easily a, an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, so I, I would, from a legislative standpoint, I mean, Governor Deal, who is a Republican, yes. was probably the leader, certainly in the Southeast, around second chance about criminal justice reform broadly. I would say under Kemp, that has been not, reversed. Yeah, I was, I was not going to quite direction. say, where, yeah, but it's his approach is nowhere near. Tough what, on gangs. Yeah, it's tough very on much crime. a tough on crime approach. Yeah, And there's a push, I, I would say, in the metro Atlanta region, it's been the Democratic sheriffs who have tried to push yes. a pro uh, supporting, yes, yeah, supporting detainees stance. So yeah. like 2021, I think the Urban League was in Cobb County and Fulton County and, and Henry, Henry County of working with people while they're detained. Now, granted, some of those are folks who are awaiting trial, but even still. Well, most of them um are close to release. Close to release, good. Which is, so they're yeah. on their way out. Um, and that's a beautiful thing because yeah. it, it's, you know, a 360. Right. Yep. So you, if, you, if you're in, in the detention center, there's a good chance that you're, you might, you're a father, right? And so if you're getting training on, on fatherhood and family and anger management and how to be. Soft skills, yep. Yes, all those soft skills. And you're getting career training. Like you're coming out in a much better position than when you went in. Our recidivism rate is like nine percent compared to like fifty five mm. for the state. That's right. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, wow. yeah. And now I got to leave you with this since we're talking about reentry. So that's a huge space for um, Urban League. We partner at with City of Refuge. Mm -hmm. We are actually at their location, but um, know that. Georgia incarcerates more people than any other democratic nation per capita in the world. Yeah, I was about to ask you, I saw that in your report. Like, in the world. Yeah, that's right. crazy. Uh, China, they're only second to China in pure numbers. Just think about how much bigger China's the population, population is yeah. to mm. ours. And we're only off by like a couple of hundred thousand people from incarcerating the same number of people. Georgia or the United States? Georgia. Georgia. This, this state. Agree. Yeah, Georgia. I didn't realize that. Like, That's in there. That's yeah. in the report. Where can people find this report? 
on our website, www.ulgatl.org. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. Just read, even if you just read the executive summary, um, it'll give you the highlights and then drop to the back where the call to action section is. We have a section on policy. That's what I'm going to talk about. What are the call to actions? How do people, what's the work? Well, you know, I'm going to start with black folks. Um, Read the report. Um, Take, you know, really just step back and say, I want better. I want more. And reach out to organizations like us. There's tons of, of nonprofits out there that are ready to help. But a lot of people, there's pride involved, I think, to some degree. There's um, fear. Fear. Yes. A lot of fear that this I'm, I'm too deep in the hole or it just it doesn't matter what I, I do, do. I can't get out. Yep. And just know that in an organization like us, we can help you see a way forward. Just always know there's always a path forward. Always. Nancy, if you are one of the folks who has money and resources, how does the Urban League, you do a lot of work, all this stuff is for free, but it surely it costs you something. Yes. Right? So how do you all earn enough money? How do you make money to actually do the work that you do? Where does your money come from? We raise it. Okay. So, so philanthropic, personal, philanthropic, government contracts, government. Honestly, this um, surge because of COVID helped us grow. And and look, George Floyd, Armand Arbery, um, Breonna Taylor, all of our black folks that lives stolen, taken, they paid the heavy price for a little bit of um, consciousness being awakened. Because yeah, I probably got a nice little check. You know, all the yeah, targets yeah, and the yeah. Walmart, everybody was like, Mackenzie Scott donated yeah. $100 million to the Urban League movement across 25 affiliates. Mm-hmm. And er, and we earned, um, we were awarded $3.5 million. That was the biggest gift in my term mm-hmm. for us. And, but honestly, we're still holding that. Because we we have to build legacy for this organization, mm-hmm. long term stability. Because yeah. the way things are now, we better be around for a long time. No, no, so I'm gonna you. make sure that when I leave, we have some cushion, yeah. right? Some long term stability. But it, it's every Friday we are hustling for more dollars. Does National Urban League have an endowment? Yes, they have one. Yes. Do you have a a membership? Is it um, the Young Professionals? You can mm-hmm. become a member of the Young Professionals. We don't currently have a membership for Urban League. I think that's what something. About guild? I've is had guild more. Still? The Guild is not functioning. Oh, okay. candidly, but we're going to resurrect it. But right now, if you're forty and under, you can become a member, and we're two hundred plus strong. These are young folks that are interested in um, advancing black folks and advancing our work. So they volunteer. They're also interested in their own professional development and it's, and they have social things that they do too. We've got a lot of couples, That's true. families That's that true. have come out, out of, of this. this. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a few. Yeah. Um, I want to be an advocate before we go for family again. I mean, black men Amen. and black women Loving each other and coming together. So that's what you got going on over there. <laughs> what? 
It's the uh the Urban League Young Professional. It's your, oh. it's your agenda for the black right, family. Right. <laughs> it's like, you, you're a professional. You're a professional. Hey, look, you're making some money. You're making some money. So funny, though. You, now you, you can make you the know, medium income. You know who the best matchmakers are? Man, let me tell you. Older black women. So... <laughs> I mean, come to the look, Urban League Young Professionals. Let me tell you, I met, I met Westerland Party I'm last night. Way beyond the Young I'm, Professionals. I met Bernie's uh, King Party last night, and uh, Abel maybe walks in. Oh, she did? <laughs> yeah, she walks in. And she got this young lady with her. She says, Come here, baby. Get, come here. Y'all need each other number. Y'all need each other. She said, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing. I'm like, what? And you just got to listen to April. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Said, okay. She look good, though. So I'm like, what's your number? <laughs> <laughs> okay, auntie. Okay. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, ma'am. But nah, uh, it's true. It's true. Uh, and, I, and I've said this on this podcast before. With everything going and how expensive it is, like in our generation, we either have to be grown men roommates for our whole life or get married. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. going to have to get married and get married with the real partnership mindset. Yes. Not this online. Oh, my man got paid for everything. Like, like, nah, we're going to have to go and just collaborate to uh, this is a real right, conversation. Right, right. Like, yeah. I think but, a lot more couples uh, should come on down to Urban League for counseling. Couple <laughs> counseling. <laughs> yes. You, you know what? We're going to start a uh, a family. I don't know how to what we call it, but yeah, we're yeah. gonna. I got somebody yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. I got somebody. Well, you, you know, Doctor Gary White. Oh, yeah. you know, Doctor Gary White. He he's a professor at Clark Atlanta. He's no, a family counselor. He like would be great. he does a workshop called Restoring the Black Family. I'm gonna make an email introduction. Oh, please yeah. do. Like when I say yes. he's so good, he's a member of Let Us Make Man. Like his thing, like he got this one exercise where he like challenge you to see how far up you can go on your family tree and it always shows like how most people can go higher on their mother's side than they can on their father's side and then i mean when i say it's it's powerful Ooh. it's 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 yes. a game changer i'm gonna do an email connection today i love he's that. somebody yep. to holler on the family sure. thing now, sure. the family thing is um it's important I, and yeah. I, and i think it i think it's the cure to all of this. I do too. I agree. I think it's like if we strengthen our family, yes. that education piece is handled. You grew up in a, well, you were really close to your dad, right? Yeah. So it, my dad ended up getting custody. Yeah. And like middle school, but like even with him seeing how he remarried and everything, like he's a good example, but I feel like th this is the breakdown of the black family to me. It, it really came when, is this really hard for black men to get resources? Period. Yes. And if you're a, a young black lady, especially if y'all have a child together, there's so many. Like when I had my first son, there's an incentive to be single. That, yeah, that's that's not just incentives. There's just resources for you. So yeah. even in a relationship, okay, we're still in the relationship. We go down to the place. You can get the resources for the you and the baby. As a black man, there weren't any. So like, the system classes. isn't incentivizing yes. family. I agree yeah. with well, you. Like, if y'all go down together, yeah, she's going to get turned away. Well, no, yep. no, no, no. She won't. What I'm trying to tell you is she's not getting turned away. She's the only one that has the resources. She'll get the support. So but you don't get the support. The so y'all can stay man. together, but now she's going to get a better job mm -hmm. and more education. Meanwhile, you have to either know somebody that knows somebody that say, hey, this is one program at the Urban League, but there's no, like, when you go, there's a list. We work at West Care. Mm -hmm. There was a list for, like, if you're a woman and you need a shelter, and women and children, yeah. 
long yes. list. If you're a man, three places you could go. And yep. if the place was full. And no then, place for the family to go. No, right. And that that's part, one of, that's one of my visions and dreams right now is to build a family financial empowerment center. That's what we operate as. But with wings for transitional housing mm-hmm. for families where that's you solid. can stay for up to two years and give you that that cushion. That yeah. cushion. Because that's what people yes. get when they get to stay. Like yeah. the people who move back home right? with their parents, that's basically what they're doing. You get to exactly. move back home. That's why I be telling that young people quit moving out. I actually I agree with that. I, I gotta, I, I well, they stop putting us out. Our parents used that. to put us nah, out. Nah, nah, our parents. But I got a mentee right now that his whole goal is to move out. Well, like, no, 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 I'm saying, yeah, this is an apartment. Different, but like, now, wait, now, this, well, we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. I'll come back and talk about that. <laughs> no, I'm you just, said don't move out for how long? No, what I'm saying is move, <laughs> move, move out, move out with when a plan yeah. and move out yeah. to own. Right. Like yeah. if I don't got to move out of rent, why rent? See, and again, my story, I moved out of 17 because my parents were charging me rent when I was in high school. They were, and oh wow. They were charging, I was paying $400 a month to live with my parents in high school. And that really forced me, like the only reason I moved out is because my mom tried to make my curfew the same thing as my older sister. And I felt like I should be able to stay out later because oh, I paid you, and she rent. didn't. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? And then we got an argument, so I went and got my own place. So now, hindsight, that little 400 ain't compared to nothing what I was paying you go. to that real yes, spot. And I should stay yes. where I was at. But That's at the same time, they empowered me with a level of independence because they were doing that. I just wish I would have stayed and left and got property or left, you know what I'm saying? Because I already had the concept of paying bills, taking care of myself. Yeah. I should have just moved on to a higher position. So when I'm seeing young people like, yo, I'm getting all this money so I can go get an apartment. And if you know what I know, your your money you making right now, you ain't going to be able to afford it. I remember getting a nice apartment. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get in the pool and this, the gym. They show you all that stuff. That you never use. Because you're always yeah. at work. Because you are always at right. work always trying at to work. pay for it. You don't swim in the pool one time. <laughs> You'd be scared to walk by the office because you're late on your rent. Like, and see, like, but you weren't taught that rule that you shouldn't be paying more than a third at yeah. the most right. for your rent. Right. You're caught up in the amenities. Yeah. And so you're paying more. You can't say, I get it. So this is why this multifaceted approach is critical. We get people these fundamentals. You have to have skills I'm say, in something to make money. I'm going to say something controversial. What you going to oh, say? Boy. If you want to build the black families, you got to build the black man. Yes. Oh, that's no, that's controversial. No, no, it's, no, it's controversial. It's controversial to a lot of people online, internet. The, the, the narrative, it is Listen, controversial. from our very first stealing of our people to this land. What was the first thing they did? They separated the black man from his family. Mm-hmm. And that weakened the whole family. When you go to Montgomery, Alabama, and I encourage all of you to go Next to, the, to the lynching yeah. museum. Yeah. And the very first a sculpture mm-hmm. is showing the family being separated, the mm-hmm. man being pulled this way, the women and children being pulled this way. Mm-hmm. And it's been, you the ex has been on the black man's back ever since, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same now. So, yeah. yeah. And and so that's why 
I don't we think gotta stay together. Yeah, because I don't think there's anything against uh, the sisters, but I do feel like if it's a warfare going on to like attack black people, you have to separate us, yes. and then you go for the women and children. And I just think that you know there's so much support, and it sets the black man up to end up where they want you, which is where dead in jail, not with yes, your people, like exactly. anything else, but with your family unit. So I, it's it's. Cause I I've seen it, you know I've seen. And you said it's all it goes back to economics, mm-hmm. and it goes back right to back what to you economics. were saying. Yeah, I give Deal a lot of credit, Governor yeah. Deal. He was he did a lot to break down some of the barriers. One of the things he did: if you commit a crime in Georgia as a juvenile, it will not show up when you apply for a job. Mm-hmm. If long as you don't yeah, commit a crime as an adult. Now, that with this me. new now, legislation, yeah. if you're deemed a gang member, mm-hmm. you're charged as an adult. adult. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's intentional. Yeah. All these young black folks. And, and the thing is, with all gang members, we all got matching jackets. That that makes us that a gang. That makes you yeah, a we, gang yeah, member. Yeah, we, we talked about that on like, the last pod. Like, literally. So, like, that is such a slippery slope. Oh, and then the CDs, the CDs, Negroes voting for this. Ex- or sitting Going to the event. For the lieutenant governor. <laughs> man, man, I, ain't even, like, I, didn't I mean, look, let me tell you, you know, we didn't go. We ain't gonna say it. So, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> these folks, and, and I got into I got into it with somebody online because he, he shared and he was all proud. I said, bro, I said, how you really gonna go to this event? Oh, well, he, he helping us get, give money back. And woo, woo, woo. I said, bro, at what point? Is money not enough? At what point? Like we so what money? That's what I'm saying. It's potential. It's hearsay. I think, I, I think we you have this fantasy of that spook who sat next to the door, and that that's not. Nah, we don't even got that because the spook. This if we, well, I hate when people use that and they ain't read the book at all. Because if you the spook that said about it, you're purposely going back. You these people ain't going back. They just fatting in their pockets. They getting money. And they not even getting money in a lot of cases. You just want to be in the room. Like you just want to So so here's the thing. Um one thing I do believe that no matter who's in the office, we have to continue to push our agenda. Even if we know it's falling on deaf ears. I'm not against that. Okay. I'm not against yes. that. What I'm saying yes. with this is it's two different things. Okay. What I'm saying is I can go sit down with Burt Jones. I can have a meeting with Burt Jones all day. Yeah. What I'm not going to do photo is op. have a photo op event of, he didn't even call it Black History Month. He said African American History uh, Month program. And then his white face is the biggest thing on the flyer. He got all these little black folk right here endorsing it, saying that they sponsors of it. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I don't, and, and I don't, there's no, and then, you had, Elvis, you, you had the black, a, a, you had a, a black, deal, look, look, a deal had, on the table. You have the black history event at a white venue. You using mm-hmm. white vendors. Everything about it has nothing to do with black history, mom. But you cutting a deal. Ooh, I'm doing okay. this because he's promising me a deal. Show me the deal. Okay. Ain't none of them got one. <laughs> Ain't none of them got, I know the people. I know the people that was on there. And what I'm saying is, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, just because they didn't win, I'm not, my president went, nah, you go do business with him. But I'm going to come to your office. You're going to come to my office. That's it. You not Every time you talk to me, a camera not going to be up there because what you're doing is using my credibility yeah. to uh, boost yours. 
with my community, and I'm not going to let you do that. And that's the issue. Or with your community. Right. Because it's like, look, you know, I'm oh, not yeah. as... You know, mm. Black people are down with me. I'm cool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not, but you know what the issue is, though? I will say this, because I... I am still one of those, I have a lot of, uh, I've been blessed to work up under a lot of great leaders, you know what I'm saying, uh, and come up under a lot of leadership. So I have a soldier mentality in the sense of a lot of stuff I don't agree what I want to do, but I'm listening to my teachers, right? While they're still here, I'm listening to them. But I feel like I have a lot of teachers who have legitimate credibility, who know people are on stage doing stuff wrong, and we're not chastising and calling it out publicly. That's my issue. It's too much respectability politics of um, people that are not respectful. And it's dangerous. And I feel like we got to start cutting the head off publicly of the snake. Because we got people representing our people. And a lot of our people are uh, uh, politically immature. They're so politically immature. They don't know what's dangerous. They don't know if this person, what this person is doing. They don't really see what we see behind the scenes. So they're building credibility among the people as a leader. And in the whole time, they really not doing real work. They collecting money. They're going to the meetings. They taking pictures. But because we are, it's hard for black people. I feel we, we have struggled with doing two things. I think we struggle when it comes to wielding power. Like I think a lot of time we get in the power position okay. and yeah, and we agree with that. we we little automatically go to like I want to make sure everybody inclusive and everybody yeah. good like we struggle with wielding power. Let me guess the second one. Accountability. We struggle holding black people accountable <laughs> because for so long yep. because for so long we never got that position. So when we see a black person in that position, we'd be so proud and so happy. Yeah. We don't want them out of it. But I'm going to be real. This is what it looks like when when you think about our past mayors and our past and all the views of what I'm saying reflect me, nobody on this podcast. <laughs> but like, I just want to say that. But like when you think about our past mayors, right, half the stuff that we've seen Kasim do in his reign, if a white mayor tried to do that, the city would be up in, up, up in arms. Closing uh shelters, tearing down historically black churches, trying to steal property from HBCU. Like, if any of this happened under a white mayor, we would literally be up in arms. And what the proof of it is, what happened when Doug took them two sisters off the committee? Immediate blowback. Immediately. These sisters got then called. Everybody, I got a call. Everybody got a call. <laughs> It was an article that was paid for in the AJC. Yeah, it went down. It was an article that was paid for in the AJC. They published it, said he's tearing down the legacy of black leadership, and immediately he overturned it. And what I'm saying is, until we can hold black people accountable the way y'all just did, Doug Shipman, like, we not going to get nowhere. Mm, I like that. We not. I like and, that. And, and I don't say a lot of stuff because... Everybody know I roll with Derrick Bowman. Now, Derrick Bowman, he, he loud. He said a lot of stuff. But he hold his tongue on a lot of stuff, too. But what I'm saying is, because I'm my teachers are who my teachers are, mm -hmm. I know anything I say can reflect them. So out of respect, I be chilling. Yeah, well, here's the thing. There's multiple ways to hold people accountable. Okay. okay? And publicly outing people is one of them. But that's not the only way we can hold people. I get, so how, where have black mayors in Atlanta been held accountable by black people? 
in Atlanta. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. You mean for something specific that they've done? Yeah, right now, sure. Well, I mean, we we, let, we see we see cops. Cop City is a that's an yeah. example of people are rising up and letting their voices. But be heard. I will say that that was led. That wasn't led that by black led, people. I agree. That, that like black people jumped well, on that train. Oh, I believe, I believe that was an environmentalist. Uh, that was yeah. a that I was mean, a lot. Kamal of, is is part of it. Well, but I don't know but where he came in the process. I'll, I'll also say, and I don't know. All like, we the ain't details, burning down no but, equipment. We don't do that. Right. <laughs> we know that. Come on, now, <laughs> right. man. You know no, we no. ain't burning. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm clear that there were outside <laughs> yeah. folks that intentionally were working to stir that whole thing up. Yeah. But I also understand just from my baseline research that when they initiated that they got the community involved up front which was new Mm -hmm. that wouldn't necessarily have been the case in the past that you just do the thing and then deal with the blowback but there's a community committee of 24 people i don't know who they are right but there's 20 and they've had input and things have been redesigned to some extent. I'm not saying I am an advocate for that particular yeah. center. Yeah, but just but, separate from that, but like where have there been instances where black leadership in the city has been held accountable by black people? For something that they've leaders. done that directly impacted against black people, right? Right. That is the well, answer. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> like going to give you an example of one that okay. may be, you know, controversial in and of itself. But to me, um, when Mayor Reed ran for the third time, okay. I would say that's that an example. That was an example. Uh, chicken color roofs. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I would say that, in it, and I was definitely a part of that movement. Um, <laughs> they didn't want him there. Well, you know, I'm just uh, saying, at the end of the day, the people do have the power to speak. Now, I heard he coming back. And and and, and if he does, coming then back to run again, for mayor, the, he will have to, you know. The I heard he's starting a podcast. Well, and he should. It was, why not? I don't and know. I heard uh, because the mayor election is off on the off season, uh, off election, he's going to actually gonna run again. That's what I hear. I think the podcast would probably be very entertaining and informing. No, I think if, I think if, the podcast if, if, would be if good. I'm him, as much as I don't like him, like I posted it, I would do it because I would just critique everything that's happened with the city because it ain't uh, outside of our podcast. It ain't yeah, many. There's nobody really. Yeah. There's nobody, and we give the information. We're right. not even giving our biased opinion. We're just yeah. giving nonpartisan information that's from our podcast so i can imagine his his platform yeah. would be more well, you know that's one of the benefits of the era that we're in anybody can have a podcast anybody can have a voice mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that those tools are going to start holding more people accountable what you all are doing yeah. is is a part of that process so you saying like, i need to just start saying it that's what i heard you say well, i'm saying <laughs> hey, just say it. i'm saying say what yes, needs to be said you say Uh-oh. what needs to be said all right you put the camera on me i'm gonna call it now just play. <laughs> i'm just saying and, uh, and that includes you know urban league i mean none of us are doing everything perfectly yeah okay 
Yeah, and I so, mean, no, I, no one's expecting perfection. I but agree. if we're talking about, we're talking about housing, we're talking about transportation, like all these things, but we're all okay with an incremental approach to fixing something, then, yeah, you're okay, talking well, about the, here's, the, here's the, my the 2053 yes. conversation. Yes. Like, what, is, what does Atlanta look like if we just keep things as they are? We'll do a little bit here. We'll do a little at bit there. At some point, you gotta get on these folks' head. Like, all right, bro, yeah. this what this what yeah. need to happen. Yes. Like the way the way them people up and had you jumping to go fix Buckhead City. You know what I'm saying? You need to be jumping to fix Southwest. But we gotta start making that noise, right? We gotta. That's like we have about. to be that same headache you got over town. Because what we do, we be like, you know what? Let's just wait. There's a lot going on. Let's let them fix Buckhead City. Let's let them fix uh, uh, Cop City before we talk. Nah, bro, we need to talk. We need to talk about this right now. We need to be on your head right now. This is what we need. And I personally, everybody know where I stood with Andre. I personally like Andre. I personally feel like Andre. I had, don't know anyone who doesn't. I, I think, personally like no, Andre. Maybe except for one former mayor, but most people not, like not, Andre. I, I think it's a lot of people that say they like him. Like Andre said, I never met somebody that didn't vote for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 trust me, there's some people that don't like him. But what I'm saying is, I do feel like the team that is around, it's a, it's a fairly young team. You know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of experience on the team. And I don't think it's a lot of uh, people on the team that's connected to black community or even black grassroots community. It's two different, that's two different They're levels. They're not connected to black grassroots. Huh? They're not connected to black grassroots at That's all. The, and it's and it's and it's certain things like I know something uh, a whole nother conversation. Um, Forest Grove, Forest Cove, Forest Cove, Forest Cove. It was talked about on uh, the mayor's page, social media page, like everything handled and it's all good. And it's not. It's not. We just wrote. What, a, we just what, wrote an article about they. Some folks, their their releases end in June. They haven't received a confirmation of if they're going to be able to stay there or if they're going to have a move again. You mean and where, where they will where move. they are? Yeah, where they are now because okay. they moved them. Uh-huh. But the first batch of folks, their leases end in June, and they don't know if they're going to stay or not stay. They're and, people that are like still and they trying got moved to get to Henry County. Yeah, they're people st- trying to still trying to get MARTA cards. They haven't received like transit cards yet, what? and we don't know how many folks. Have, we're, we're not even, they don't even live in Atlanta anymore. Like, I'm still trying to figure out that They number. got moved to Henry County. There's Cl- no place like, for them to DeKalb, go. What I'm saying? Like Lithonia. I'm a, I, got, I got a question. I, I got a question I need from you. I would like us three, our three organizations. Urban League, uh, Atlanta Civic, Civic Circle, and Jess Elgin Media. Let's do a mini doc on these issues in Atlanta. Because what's happening, like I told you, the story's not being told. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have to tell these stories in a compelling, exciting way that's going to provoke action in the people. That action looks different. That action looks like voting. That action looks like calling your uh, city council person, your state legislators, your mayor. That action looks like donating to the work that's happening. But we have to tell these stories in a way that sparks people hard to move on it because people don't yes. know. When people yes. listen about Forest Cove, like, I know when we talked about it on this podcast, they're like, man, I never even knew that was happening. And people think it's done because we do one post on social media. Oh, every, and then the post, the post said, the very first line, I'll never forget it. It said, 
everyone deserves to live in Atlanta. And half the people got moved out of Atlanta. Dang. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The accountability. Like, like, nah, bro, that's not the real thing. That's not the real thing. Like, if people, you mean to tell me in this entire city, well, all, there's an apartment building you put up every week. I find a new apartment building in Atlanta every week. We have nowhere to put our people. Market-driven development without uh, without any policy around it. And what I mean by that is 90% of what's being built is market. Right. Yeah. It's market. market and there's no, there's like a, what, a 10% requirement for affordable and, units. And this is what I'm talking you about, wielding power. And they're owned by corporations, so maybe you want to put the people in, but who do we there's, call the contact what emails? There's 300,000 <laughs> units short. We're 300,000 units short of demand. And what she's saying is, it legislation, it cut it off of the head. You can't even dig up the dirt without agreeing to, you got to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm talking about, wielding power. All these black people on city council, all these black mayors, all these black legislators, hold these people accountable. You going to lunch with them? You going to dinner with them? You collecting it? Hold them accountable for what? They finna cut me a check. This one trying to get my package. This and this is what I need millions of dollars. You you know how much it costs to live in Atlanta, bro? I gotta get my money up. And this is what I'm saying. Why the people have to be educated? Yes, because when the people are educated and they understand the power. They now are putting pressure on you, bro. Right. Yeah, this apartment is being put up in your district. What did you do to make sure that there's affordable housing here? Because you should be able to afford, like, I, I already got the, na- I got the name of the doc. I did 10%, I'm gonna, bro, I'm going to tell, tell you the doc. You can be, I want you to beat this out. But the name, of, the name of the documentary, I already got it prepared. It's called You Can't Live Here, How Atlanta Pushed Out Black and Poor People. And literally, that's where we at right now. Yeah. The people can't re- realistically. Can't afford you can't live, live here. here. Nah, you just broke. Literally. Just to look at the numbers. There's a, a there. There's an ongoing conversation right now about a plot of land in Reynoldstown, which I think it's it's not even a full acre. I don't think it's currently a dilapidated house. An organization is trying to buy it and turn it into 42 micro units for homeless people. They'll be working with the city with partners for home to place these folks in the units. The neighborhood voted against the application. Yeah, I don't, so I don't, we want, don't want, I, yeah, I don't want them dirty. We broke don't people want homeless people in our community. I don't want them. Don't want them. We don't want them. So no. now the city has to figure out, okay, do we want to 70 something people voted against it, but the city still has the authority ultimately to say, I hear you don't want it, but we're still going to put it there. And so the question is, what is the city going to do now? Because there aren't enough, Units in the city for people who were homeless. Well, see, I guess the question for me every time when we have this homeless conversation, and you know, maybe I see it from a different type of candid point because it's almost like the incarceration conversation. I understand it, but it's like, where are the programs before I get locked up? Where yes. are the programs before I get homeless? Like the right. working poor, like there. I feel like if you want to address homelessness, maybe if you attack the working poor first. You won't increase on this homelessness, like. It's, but it's a yes, and you got to do that, and, and, and you got to. But I got to choose. And homelessness. But it feels like, homeless, saying, it feels like I got to choose, though. That's why I say that because it feels like if I have forty-two units, and it's for homeless, 
what would better serve this purpose? Is it like, do you kill one person to save so, many? Here's, the, you know, it's like here's that. The thing it's too, a plot of land like, that no one is using right but, now. But I'm saying, do you get that 42 to 42 actual homeless people that can't pay? Or do you give it to 42 working poor but people? But look, you that, give it to homeless people because homeless people look different. If I'm on the couch, I am homeless. If I'm, I'm living in my car, the, I am homeless. That's working poor to me. No, that's homeless. No, that's homeless. That's homeless. If you don't they're have homeless, a home, you're they're homeless. they're not unsheltered. Yeah, that's the yes. distinction. So the distinction is unsheltered homeless. homeless. That's outside what people think in a shelter, first time when they see it. Yeah, and even in a temporary shelter because you can't stay there very right. long. So. Right. Well, that's that's well, that's why yeah. I keep talking about the working poor because that encapsulates just, just all know, of that. Here, here's the thing. I I want I want us to work as a collective and we're chipping at it and that's all we're doing is chipping at it. Yeah. So I don't know but I think that, you know, um, each of us has to pick our place because yeah. we can't do everything mm-hmm. yeah. individually. Like so all I'm saying is for Urban League, our focus is upskilling people so they can get to a livable wage as fast as. Come to Urban League to get the bag, y'all. Get the bag. That's that's your marketing director right right there. Come to Urban League to get the bag. Um, Well, I'll say this. Is that the bag of money? Yeah, they all love it. What I what I say one thank you so much thank for you. your thank you, dedication to our people and thank you for that report yeah like, like thank you support. for the report I'm like gonna, yes. die we're gonna put it up we're gonna put it up on our page we're gonna support like yeah. but I would like us to figure out I mean we, we have di- to Let's we do did it. one thing together already but I think it's so much more work no, of need, educating uh, our we people we need a strategy yeah. session yeah let's do that and I'm committed to do that okay I'm okay too. all right we all do yeah. this thing. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm definitely because like those cities that y'all went to, we did that on the Black Man Lab tour, so we know those cities. Do, you know that all those bubbling, cities. That yes. bubbling. And we know so we we got like a network of working men. Work yes in those cities, like yes. men ready to go boots on the ground in all of those cities. And I'll tell you this: we have an opportunity with Mayor Dickens. I yeah. believe he'll listen. Mm. If yeah. we got something, we want to bring it. Let's take it. And even if you got to pressure, he would do it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Let's at least give him, him the chance. Yes. Okay. I believe we that. We have to. And that's we why I got to. behind him. And, I believe and, that. Yeah. You heard that, Andre? Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a chance, bro. <laughs> just listen. Gotta, yes. Yeah, nah, yeah, I, be, yeah. I believe. Gotta, like I said. Gotta take it. But I'm saying not. let's not just take the guns and shoot. No, let's bring some specific. First. Action. <laughs> plan. Right. What, this is what we want to see. This is how we think we can get there. Are are you willing to partner to get this moving? And we do that. And you know, and 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 map and all the, the players. He's not the only player, but he's a key I mean, player. The chamber. There's a lot of oh, it's a lot yeah, of and accountability to go around. I'm gonna Let's be real. Be real. <laughs> Anything that you do, I would, well, that scared look, me. <laughs> I was just about to talk about Don't games. Don't use that and sound effect. Right. Don't use that. One. <laughs> hey, look, that I like. The hey, thing is good. The, the DC came out of it. <laughs> my, the Detroit came <laughs> out. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Do I need to? Hold up. <laughs> like, are we getting now. too loud or what? <laughs> no. Um, they know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you. I'm a, I'm a rap. 
I but love I, y'all. But I really I appreciate, appreciate this time. Thank you. I, I appreciate this. So Can you just much. tell the people any information where to find you? Connect all that again. www.ulgatl.org. Our phone number, 404-659-1150. Um, it's, it's a hotline. So if you don't get us, leave a message. We'll do our best to get back. But just know we're here for you. Okay. And all, all that right. being, I'll we're put here it in the for show you. Us. Yes. So I mean, thing, how can they find you and listen to you uh, every week? <laughs> yes. We're the Party at Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, out on Tuesdays. And this, in this and episode, I'm sorry. I would just say, if you want to pay attention to what's going on around Forest Cove, around some of these other housing issues, go to our website, AtlantaCivicCircle.org. I want to work with Forest Cove, guys. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 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 We should get some more. Yep, 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 yep. So who is the Community Foundation is Community the lead Foundation. organization. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm going to reach and, out. Uh, this conversation is an uh, extension. So if y'all see the first part on Where the Party at, this is extension two. Yeah. of the episode. So, so if you haven't seen the Where the Party at, go back and watch that first, first and then come back here and then you get all the context. <laughs> but Ms. Nancy has been very great. Very gracious. Thank you. Thank I appreciate, you. appreciate your time. Yeah, and I see what LG did here, you know, because I have been talking. I'm going to be candid. And y'all dig through the crazy. I've been talking mess about all the organizations. National <laughs> uh, Urban <laughs> League, NAACP, and I'm like, where are they at? What are they doing? What's going on? I don't see no research. I don't see nothing. And then y'all came with this. So now I have to respond and meet y'all too. So Thank you. I appreciate this, LG. <laughs> yep. We got a lot to work to Look, do. We say this every week, man. We love y'all. We need yes. y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning to another episode of the Jess Eldridge Podcast. City with T.I. Outcast. Everybody know about it now. It's just a Gucci. Everybody know about the scammers, about the trappers. I'm what we living now. It's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast. I'm trying to hit it real now. Hear perspective. We want to keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Oh, Podcast, tuning on the podcast, yeah. Real things, you know we gon' last, yeah. Kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.